Hello and welcome to the Field Association On Air. We are a group of residents who are passionate about tackling all aspects of local and national government decisions that affect local communities. In each episode, various members of the Field Association will be exploring a range of subject matters, discussing all the angles of each issue and interviewing those who can add an expert or helpful point of view. So grab yourself a tea or a coffee and listen in as we look to navigate through these current challenges. Hello everyone, my name is Michelle Chapman from the Fields Association and I'm here with John Strange. John, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, uh, Michelle, thank you very much. Um, I'm John Strange or Johnny Strange and I'm currently the uh, Vice Chairman of Finching Field Parish Council to be Chairman as of tomorrow and I'm also Chairman of the uh, National Planning team for Finchingfield and Wethersfield. I've been asked to uh, do this podcast to try and uh, explain to people what is actually happening uh, and any questions that Michelle has to fire at me. Brilliant. Thanks. Well, it's really good to have you. Uh, so in terms of locally, we've been seeing lots of messages on Facebook and posts around the neighbourhood plan. So could you tell us what actually is a neighbourhood plan? Well, the neighbourhood plan is it's a scheme, really, that the local governments have come up with for villages and parishes to put together their vision of how they wish their areas to look like and be like for the next 10 to 15 years. So it's a plan which is based around, uh, in this case, Braintree District Council's local planning and will follow their local planning, but it gives the people in each of the villages in, in this case it's uh, Wethersfield, Finchingfield, Blackmore End and Cornishall End with a number of villages that tag on to our area. It also includes a, the massive area of the, na- uh, the airbase and also includes the airbase in uh, whatever plans we feel or the residents feel should be used for. So that's that's the basics of the neighbourhood plan and it's a legal document so it is so important that everybody has a view, uh, either for or against or whatever. Um, it's just the fact that people have got to have a view for the future. So what kind of things does a neighbourhood plan cover? What sort of things would our neighbourhood plan cover? Well, um, it covers absolutely everything. It it doesn't just cover the type of plans that um, um, for house building and everything. It can be goes into the the type of uh, structures, the uh, how much how eco-friendly they are, climate change being a main contributor to that, but also what the area provides for education, health, roads, absolutely having businesses. So many people work from home nowadays, and in our recent survey, we discovered that over fifty percent of the population of the areas. Uh, self most people are self-employed work outside of the centers of Finchingfield and uh, Wethersfield so they're in villages and hamlets which are outside so their views are very different from the people actually in the villages uh, from the aspect of wanting any uh, development or not wanting development um, obviously the pubs and businesses in Finchingfield would like to see more development on a controlled basis, uh, whilst a lot of other people 
really don't want change at all. So it's it's getting a happy medium between what everybody's views are and also to get a say in uh, the different groups which build the area for business and employment, um, such as the pubs, the farmers, the, the garages, uh, the health centre uh, and the school. So it, it is actually encompassing virtually everything. And across a number of different areas as well, presumably. So, you know, this is a neighbourhood plan between Finchingfield and Wethersfield. So why have a joint neighbourhood plan? Well, it's a vision that actually uh, was brought up by uh, the residents or the parish council of Wethersfield. And they, they were actually on their way to be doing a, a neighbourhood plan when they decided that, in actual fact, they, they wanted a, a larger area which encompassed really the three fields, Toppersfield, Weathersfield and Finchingfield. Um, in actual fact, Toppersfield were already uh, three quarters of the way down their neighbourhood plan. So they came to us, uh, Finchingfield, and said, uh, would you like to join us um, in a joint neighbourhood plan? And that's where it started, really, because a lot of the uh, groundwork had been done by Weathersfield before Roger Duffin and I joined the neighbourhood plan to represent basically Finchingfield. So it made a lot of sense that, well, you know, Finchingfield joined yeah. it. So we're, we're, we're proceeding as we are and we're a long way ahead already. Um, certainly everybody's seen the drop-ins uh, and everybody's had the surveys for resident surveys and, and the house housing survey. You talk about we, and it, it sounds like quite an involved process. So who's actually doing the work? Is there is there a group of people? Is there a community of people involved? Yes. In this? Oh, yes. Yeah. There's, a, there's a, uh, a nucleus of a team with people floating in and out helping, especially with uh, the main work is uh, the documents provided. Uh, we need to provide for the plan to do with the history, the layout of the area, the economics of the area the businesses the health center the education all these areas were broken down into one or two people having to make an essay or a document which is factual mm -hmm. evidence-based document which provides the information and the background to to the plan because once we've established exactly where we are on each subject we can then make policies but we can't make policies without the surveys, without the drop-ins uh, and those sort of things. So once we have those together, we can actually start to make policies because that's what people want, um, what they've required in the questionnaire. And once those policies are made, actions can be also put in the plan to improve things that we see necessary to our area. Yeah, it, does no, it, really it? <laughs> it does, it does. It just sounds like an awful lot of work. So what, why yes. don't we just do a parish or a village plan? So wouldn't that be easier? And why, why have you decided not to go down that route? Well, a village plan or, or a parish plan um, isn't a legal document. It's just, it's basically just right. a plan that nobody really takes much notice of because all it does is stay in the parish. The neighbourhood plan, once it's gone through the process, which is a very lengthy process, won't be really completed till halfway through 2024 when the final drafts have been approved and also it's been sent out to the people and the residents to vote on. Um, it gets sent to Braintree District Council and it, it is, is gone through by their lawyers 
and solicitors to make sure that it's factual, it's legal. Um, they may have issues with it where we may have to change bits and bobs of it. But basically, once they have gone through it um, and they find it fits the legal requirements, it is uh, physically lodged as a ongoing neighbourhood plan, which will last, um, we are aiming for initially 10 years with an extension for another five years. Wow. So that's that's the idea. And uh, and obviously, a cat, you know, a, a, just a plan uh, drawn up by the parish council is not a legal document. It won't hold any water at the end of the day. No, no absolutely. Uh, who mm. pays for this? Is this an expensive process? Who pays? Well, we've managed to get grants for it, um, and the grant is £18,000 over um, a two-year period. We put in 10000 to pay for a consultant. It's mainly for the consultant who will be putting the whole plan together with our, obviously, giving us all the advice and consultancy on it to get to the point where we feel it's a viable document to, to put to the residents. At the, you know, we're nowhere near that stage, but uh, without a consultant, um, the plan, I don't think, would hold as much weight. Uh, the consultant has the experience and he's uh, done quite a number of uh, local plans to our area before and successfully. Oh, it sounds great. I mean, up until very recently, I'd never heard of a, of a neighbourhood plan. So is this something mm. that a lot of other areas do? Do other people do this? Uh, yeah, I understand it's becoming a, a pretty popular thing. Certainly for our area, I think it's become uh, quite a big thing because there's been a lot of development, certainly down towards Dunmer and um, that area, where I don't think the, the neighbourhood plan, if they had one, has worked particularly well because obviously the, there's, the development has just been rampant. But it seems like a, a lot of the development there has been over a long, a long period of time. And most of that might have been done before the neighbourhood plan was in place. Otherwise, the parish council would have had more control on what was going on. They may not be unhappy about what has been developed there. But, you know, from our view, for our area, I got a feeling people would be more concerned about um, uh, 2,000 houses being put mm -hmm. between Wethersfield and Bardfield and Finchingfield and then having no gaps between no green spaces which you know is always a danger having ribbon development it's measured development uh, we are interested in and controlled development. So what, what other things are you because obviously housing and that kind of overdevelopment is a as you say a huge concern for people living locally what other things would you expect to go into the neighbourhood plan either things that we want or don't want what else what else go, is going into it? Well with any development um, there's it puts more strain on different parts of the areas uh, the area for health education um, Finchingfield Primary School uh, only has, I think, about 48 kids in at the moment. They've right. lost kids because of the people who employed at the airbase have, have been, you know, made redundant and moved on. They lost mm -hmm. a teacher as well. So uh, 50, like we have 50 houses, 55 houses that have been put up um, on the Barfield Road. Um, and some people were against that. On the other hand, it does actually provide, you know, more younger people in the village, uh, more youth, more children, hopefully will be going to the school. It, it will bring more economy to the village. Uh, so we look on the upside of it that 
that it's not a bad thing if it can be controlled. Now, if we had better control of, that, of those houses that were built by the Hills Group, we could have actually said, well, we'd like them to be more aesthetically built, um, more in, to the same design as most of the houses in Essex are timber-framed houses. In itself, having a timber-framed house is pretty ecological, um, in my view. And with modern modern heating and modern, modern double glazing, triple glazing, they can be kept just as warm as a brick house. So um, we could have actually made a lot of changes to the way those those houses were built, including solar, for instance. And it, we have more say on a neighbourhood plan being in place than, than not having one. And, you know, it goes to... If you're putting in 2,000 houses in, in an area with all that tarmac, all this, the wash-away water coming off a new housing estate it's got to go somewhere yeah, yeah and it's not surprising we have more floods occurring with climate change um, because more runaway water uh, and that's a, that's an issue which you know we would have in the neighborhood plan because we realize that we live in an area which floods so putting in more houses means more flooding and and that's that's why it's so important to have a view and have a say in a neighbourhood plan. And we're not saying no to anything. Um, we're more positive about it and having control on our futures, our children's futures. I mean, you know, I'm 61. I hope my children will be moving probably back to this area. Um, I'm not around forever, but, you know, they've got a, their future and they're my grandchildren. So I'm looking really ahead. And so should everybody else look ahead, not backwards, or be negative about it, because mm -hmm. this is such an important important issue in our time. And there will be no other opportunity to have a say like this until you know general elections, obviously next year or whatever. But this is a neighbor, this is a local issue, and it should be taken seriously. And people should get involved. Yeah, it sounds very much like it's it sounds to me as though this is a a way of the local community having more of a say, uh, being more in control of the things that are happening. What would your response be? Because obviously, you know, when we talk about things like voting and having your say, there's often a lot of feedback from people who say, well, what's the point? Nobody ever listens. What would your response be to people who have that view? Well, <laughs> those are the naysayers, uh, as I said to you earlier. I mean, they're the negative people who, who haven't got anything positive to say, really. Um and I think it's a great shame. You know, it's their loss, loss not my loss. Um, when things go pear-shaped, don't come crying to us saying, oh, well, you know, there's 200 houses being built there, blah, 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 when they didn't even contribute to anything in the first place. So those people who who, who don't want to get involved, fair enough, they're probably not listening to this because they're not in, don't want to get involved. So it's the, it's the positive people that we're attracting here, not negative people. Because you'll always get negative negative people in society, and it's a great shame. But you just got to live with it, you know. And um, that's just one of those things, you know. We, as long as we carry most of the people with us, that's fine. Those people who don't want to be involved or or are negative or have their own views, that's fine. But don't rub it off on everybody else, because no, you know, it's it's just pointless. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, it really does provide 
a really fantastic opportunity to have a say, to have an opinion, to have an input into the things that go on locally. Yes, precisely. Yeah, it, it is such a local thing. Nobody will have an opportunity like it again. It's it's this will be in place for ten to fifteen years, and it does make a difference because we have to make a difference in in our in the areas we live in. If you want to keep it rural, you want to keep it the way it is. That's fine, but. That certainly changes will be afoot. Climate will change. Uh, everything will change. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And um, to have control, more control of it, is probably the better way than having no control at all. Absolutely. You you mentioned earlier about the airbase, and it's really clear that the neighbourhood plan is about so much more than the airbase. But how does that fit into this? Well, um, there's such a large area of the airbase which uh, can be i'm just looking at the pamphlet now which went out ages and ages ago initial land use study plan of the airbase um done by your group i think and it is such good reading because it spells out everything that we could envisage the area being used for housing community centers uh it's it's all here economy skills the the air base is such a vast area it's got to be used for our rural area mm-hmm. there's no other reason for having the air base uh used for anything else really it is a vast area isn't it and it provides such an opportunity for for something for something productive yeah, it's huge i mean it's huge. it is vast it is. It is. Uh, so you had some drop-in sessions in October and um, I came along to those and I saw that you had a lot of information for people to find out about the neighbourhood plans. So did you find anything out from those drop-in sessions? What Of what value did they add in terms of the process and understanding more about what people wanted locally? Uh, yeah, I mean, they were fairly well attended, I have to say. And we did uh, I think we had two at Weathersfield. We had two at Finchingfield in the Guildhall, uh, one at Blackmore End and one at Cornish Wall End. And it was well attended. And, and But the age, the average age was relatively high, I have to say. But you'd expect that because people got more time on their, <laughs> their hands when they're 65 plus. Sure. But uh, we had a good uh, number of all ages, really. I mean, right down to 18 to 35s and under 18. So it was a fairly mixed group. And people had, were able to go around, understand what the neighbourhood plan is for starters. And then they could put down on sticky uh, things to put on a board uh, what their actually feelings are for the area and what their dislikes and likes were, basically. And from that, we've managed to do a little survey of those of those particular things. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it was very interesting what people have come up with, you know. The airbase was, wasn't exactly mentioned that much, funny enough. Um, the bridge in Finchingfield was mentioned a fair amount. Obviously, HGVs, uh, you know, mentioned quite a lot. And um, but yeah, in general, it's given us a fairly good idea what people like most of the area. Certainly, the green spaces, the the fresh air, the clean air, uh, all those sort of things, the heritage of the area, environment. Those are the things which are kept on coming up more often than not. A lot of people obviously ride horses, so you know the the green spaces and the bridle paths. Um, and people have a lot, usually, you know, since lockdown, a lot of people have dogs, so dog walking, very, very busy. Cycling, 
very obviously very big on the agenda. Yes, that's that. That's, lots of things came out of it, um, all towards physical health and mental health and well-being of of the residents of the area, which is again part of the neighbourhood plan. You know what what we strive to you know, envisage. Uh, everybody's views are of our area, and and when you talk about health and and vitality and this sort of thing, it goes back to the health centre as well, which is has over seven and a half thousand um, people registered with them. This is incredible for the size of the health centre, and it doesn't just stretch our area; it stretches all the way up to Sailing, Great Sailing, and beyond. So they have an enormous catchment area. So any additional houses and whatever additional people living in the area would increase their needs and requirements. So we have certain groups which we, we're meeting with. Uh, we've already met with the Guild uh, to get their views. We've met with the schools, arranging to meet with the schools um, to get their, their ideas and how they see things moving ahead for the future. If they, if they increased in their uh, children at the school, and patients to the clinic so that they, all these things are important and when you have a healthy society they're not so ill so they don't need to go to the health center so much but Absolutely. you know that's that's all part and parcel of you know our rural environment i hope that people want to you know enjoy it and that's the reason why i moved out of london 31 years ago was to give the children a different life a better life outside of london and we have and um, none of them are living here at the moment but i'm pretty certain they're all going to be moving back soon i think that's a, a reason a lot of people come to the area actually i think that what you've just described and what's really important one of the things that i took away from those drop-in sessions was not just about stopping things that we don't want to happen in this area but it's also preserving the things that that we value, you know, and perhaps even take for granted. I remember walking back and hadn't written it on the board, but looked around and just saw how clean it was and thought, I didn't write that down. But that's because mm. it's it's become, this is just what I come to expect of this area. So I guess the things that uh, that, it, that it's important to, to hold on to the things that we value that perhaps we might take for granted. Well, yeah, we call them assets. Uh, assets are anything from the grade one or two listed buildings in the whole area. Blackmore End has more than you'd imagine listed and and uh certainly Finchingfield um has enormous history as as does Wethersfield and and the, it is important to for people to understand that and it's an asset uh as as are the buildings as are the pubs as are the memorials things these things are for the future so yeah managing what we have and imp- and making it something that everybody sees and loves is important just as much as a clean street or a you know a nicely painted house. So yeah, really yes, is, the, really the, all those things help your well-being, don't they? So in terms of the process, then we're at the point now where you have distributed the surveys. What the date for surveys to be back is the eighth? Is that correct? Yes, the eighth of December, 8th of December is D Day, and it'd be really good if people could, if they haven't done it at the moment. And I'm I've. <laughs> I've been onto my farmer across the road already this morning. He's busy, these farmers, you see. So actually uh, trying to get them to sit down for 10 minutes with a, a cup of tea to yeah. do the survey online is a task. But it's just 10 minutes with a cup of tea or something stronger if you fancy it. But <laughs> it's it's 
important to do that survey on um, surveymonkey.co.uk and the housing survey as well, which goes with it. So there's one bit of paper which everybody would receive, which is the white white bit of paper, which is the housing survey uh, with a questionnaire on it. And the other one was the yellow one, which is the residence survey. And that is, so one survey is for the house, basically. So the housing survey you do once. Um, and the resident survey is anybody actually living in the house, so husband, wife, uncle, So each aunt. individual person. Yes, yeah, right down to, right down to you know, 18-year-olds. Um, we have a, a, um, a kids survey um, of 10 questions only. That's on the website. And it, it may be fun for the kids. It may be boring, but it'd be good if they could do it. So I think that's the message, isn't it? It's like, you know, we appreciate people are busy. They don't have a lot of time. But if you can just take 10 minutes out to complete these surveys then you can have a say. You can have your input into what goes on locally. Precisely, yeah, precisely. We're partway through this process. Um, we're, we are doing it quicker than any other neighbourhood plan. Most take uh, more than five years. and we, we hope to actually have ours certainly signed off by spring 2025. And there will be obviously a point where everybody will see the... F- the finished product before it goes to Braintree and vote on it. That in itself is important. So people may be coming around, knocking on your door again to to say, what do you think? Do you, do you have an opinion on the, on the whole plan or, or don't you? Or, or is it just okay? Is it good? Hopefully everybody says it's good because it's going to take a, long, a lot of time and a lot of work. And, and I couldn't, you know, uh, admire... All the people working on it from our team uh, mm-hmm. put in so much effort. Uh, Richard Sidebottom, especially, and John Pierce. Uh, the the amount of effort gone in to putting this together is phenomenal, and I have to you know thank that team you know from the bottom of my heart. It's been quite a an honour and task, and I think it's a great thing to be done for this area, for our area. That's brilliant. Thank you so much, John. Thanks for joining us and. Um, you know, it, it sounds like a huge process that you're condensing into, you know, a, a, as quick a time frame as possible. And I really hope that people get involved and have their say. If you can, can please complete the surveys, you can either complete them as the paper copies that have come through your door, or most people find it a lot easier just to go straight to the website, which is www fw-np.org. And you'll find the access to the online surveys, which many people find very easy to complete, just 10 minutes, and then you can have a say on what goes on locally. Thanks for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and found it informative. Please make sure that you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a single episode. If you have a question that you would like to raise, or if there is a subject that you think would make an interesting episode, please email us on the link below. If you would like to support the show further, you can do so by clicking on the link below as well. Until next time, goodbye.